0: What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, IGN's weekly Xbox show. It is NBA kickoff, hence my attire here. It's October 19th, 2022. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined as always in studio here by Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Hi, hello. And joining us remotely today is Stella Chung. Hello.
1: So sorry to throw off the perfect three-up that would have been, but I have so many back-to-back rehearsals today, so I had to be home.
0: (laughs) So I can make it look like I have a really long arm if I
1: do. (laughs) Where did he? Oh, oh. <laughs> there's that. There
0: just we go. Studio
2: goose on video. Yeah, so just messing listening. around
0: on, on video because we can because we're happy to be back.
2: I uh, will with say you together. One thing with being in the studio again is I do have to coordinate my outfits to match the room. So one time I wore a <laughs> green shirt and it just looked really weird because it was like a softer green against the li- our lime green background. Yeah, and you want to look good, you know? Like I, I try. Like I'm well, wearing a a spookyish shirt. Got a skeleton. It's the proper
0: season. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. So here's here's the <laughs> studio. And we we do like to you know. Look
0: nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got this beautiful uh back studio backdrop, so yeah. it's, we, we, we do our best. We yeah. do our best. Hey, real quick before we get started, uh, I mentioned this last week, but it's worth hammering home because it's good stuff. IGN.com/slash rewards is live, that is our new revamped uh sort of member system. Although, IGN.com/slash rewards, there, there's a free tier for everybody, and at that, you're going to get 20 plus perks and discounts. Uh, that we hope you're actually going to care about. Things like discounts on Dream Gear, Power A, Humble Bundle, and the IGN Store. we got a ton of cool merch on the IGN Store. Plus an opportunity to win one of five IGN DX Racer gaming chairs. There's new stuff popping on the rewards every week. And then the actual monetized version, if you want to step up and become an IGN Plus subscriber, there is, in addition to all of that, free games and in-game content there is a free Map Genie Plus subscription because practically every game's an open world game and Map Genie Plus is very handy to have as you roll through your open world games. Plus you're helping to support IGN shows like this one. We currently have a special introductory promo price running 30 bucks for one year. That's just $2.50 a month. So again, if you'd like to learn more, sign up, go to IGN.com rewards. Our High on Life IGN first rolls on. I put up uh, the first new episode of IGN Unfiltered in a year this week, which made me happy. It's uh, sit-down with Justin Roiland talking about Rick and Morty and High on Life. That content continues. And before we get started with the news this week, I thought we would go through uh, some quick impressions of actual Xbox games that are out. Some... Uh, some Ex- well, either big or exclusive titles. In the case of Score, it's exclusive. <sighs> and oh, well, with that sigh, Miranda, <laughs> yes, you've been uh, such a vocal proponent of this game.
1: Listen, I just admire.
0: <laughs> I know it's nothing personal. Yeah, with
2: I. It's just gross, you know, in a good way, and like not meant to be like ooh, but but really, like that's what they're going for, right? Like it's effective. They have yeah. really great design, and. Because of that, it's like, oh, I don't really want to be here, but I'm going to play this anyway because I was gonna that's say, my job. I, I, so before <laughs> we
0: came into the studio, you were playing it at your desk, so you've continued to play. You're farther along in it than I am.
2: Yeah, yeah. So some quick initial impressions for me is that it is a lot more puzzle-based than I was anticipating, which I like. I think you can do really cool puzzle designs, and I think in this environment, too, where they really are going for that weird, fleshy sound, like the gurgly weirdness that's effective because when you're doing puzzles and such, I think you're getting more interaction with that rather than just running through and shooting something. Um, I think that dampens the environment in a way. If like you're, if you're just like speeding through it, and not really paying attention to what's happening around you. And so I think getting to have its players slow down and move through things and like really explore and inspect things makes it all a little bit more impactful, I would say. Um, I will say sometimes, though, in this first area, so it's split split into acts. I'm in act two. Uh, First act, I will say some of the environments tend to be a little confusing because it looks very much the same it's all rather dark as well um so i think i've seen some people have some issues just solving the first puzzle because it's rather uh obscure like there's just no direction you just kind of have to. i was struggling with that myself Mm -hmm. yeah so i I figured out after just sort of doing my own methodical puzzle solving how i do them but uh, I, i like it so far and i'm probably gonna keep playing one of the things that i actually had an issue first with when we were getting that early access to it um was I actually got kind of motion sick. So sometimes motion blur can make me feel like not great. And this game had just like a really intense motion blur that I don't know what it was with the perspective or if it's like, cause how dark and sometimes bright it is. And I I don't know what it was, but just made me feel not good. And thankfully after launch, it did get some additional settings for graphics. So if you guys are also feeling a little bit of motion sickness while playing this, you can turn that off. Um, so that, that helped me almost instantly. So that
0: was Excellent. Nice. Yeah, I, uh, we gave it a seven on mm-hmm. IGN, so we called it good. It's on game pass, fired up, give it a try. Like I said, i I've, I've, I'm not as far along as you, but yeah, I definitely, I mean, I, I really connected with, um, what the developer we had on last week said, where he said it's their, their, their goal was to make it, uh, sort of feel like you're moving through an impressionist painting. I thought that was really, that was a really like, I, I don't know if I've ever heard a video game described that way before. So I liked that description and yeah, it's it's definitely puzzly. Um, our review kind of touched on that there are combat sections that those are, that's where the game sort of uh, weakens a little bit, but it's definitely visually unique and it's the perfect spooky season time of year to play it. So everybody check that one out. Uh, Stella, had you gotten a chance to play Scorn? Remind me.
1: Yeah, I did. Um, and I was actually a really big advocate for Scorn. So, um, but I, going into it, I definitely was taken aback by the different style of game that it was. I, I think the trailers, like the gameplay stuff, they showed the combat stuff first, which is why I was like, oh, cool. It's gonna be one of those like survival horror games where you go in, you have to defend yourself. But immediately going into the game, I was like, oh, this is different. This is not what I expected, which is fine. I I haven't had much motivation to want to go back. I also got to act two, um, I think like just before the combat section, which a lot of people have been saying it's been taking them out of the game because it's very weird. Um, Also, I feel like introducing a different game mechanic halfway through this very short game is a little weird uh, to change up the styles, but um, I enjoyed it as sort of like an experience. I feel like it's not a video game. It's more of like, an environment experience and so i think if i were to jump back into the game i'd have to treat it that way as opposed to like playing it like a like a video gamer right because it's, yeah. it's more of like more, more it's like a really big elaborate escape room almost
2: maybe not <laughs> less like a shooter and more like uh adventure probably yeah like a better it's like way a
0: walking simulator with some puzzles and combat in it yeah is that maybe even
2: yeah well,
1: it's
0: it's about? like not that that's a bad thing i'm not just trying to just dis- actually throw on an accurate description
1: no, yeah, yeah i mean i've i feel like it's just a really good way to showcase the art and the design that the devs can make and this world is incredible i think it's just i think it's again it's weird to say but i think it's gorgeous because they did such a good job creating this world and everything being hand drawn uh and everything being unique is incredible so i'm really cool it's really cool to see that come to life in this video game but it's definitely more of like an experience as opposed to like a normal video game so um
2: I think one thing too I've noticed is they do tend to skew toward style over substance. So one thing in that first area where it's like, I feel like I'm getting lost and things are unclear, there's a lot of markers like visually for what you're supposed to do kind of. I guess in a way, but there's also conflicting markers. So like a lot of the areas, which is like a light, it's not clear that that's just supposed to be a light until right. you pass it 20 times. You're like, okay, that's yeah. <laughs> that's not actually something I need to interact with. Um, and things that you can interact with are clear once you walk up to them pretty close. So there is that, but I think in just talking bigger scale game design elements. sometimes there are meant to be visual markers to sort of lead yeah. players to something
0: often i mean i think we're yes. trained for that at this point yeah, as abso- people who play a lot of games you maybe
2: not even like notice it but like if you look at a ledge and there's like yellow paint or something that just kind of pops mm-hmm. a little bit more than everything else you're like oh that's where i climb yeah. and maybe you just don't realize it but that's something you're always drawn to and i think this sort of lacks some of that with its puzzle elements yeah. like you the can little see red things. bits
0: in mirror's edge yeah that's like a it's part of the design language of the game right (laughs) exactly
2: and so so this has some of that with its pathways in a in a bit but also it it seems like it's trying to confuse you in certain ways which which is fine but it's just something to go in knowing so if you feel like you're getting confused i think there's a reason for that because again it does go a lot more into like the style of it of like this is a place it's ruined and there's all this history here but it's not really trying to help you get to where you go need to go next it just is like here, here you are Good luck.
0: So, you know, while maybe not a nine out of ten, ten out of ten game, it's so cool. w- one. The bi- I think a big takeaway is it's it's a it's a very unique game, yeah. and we need more of those. We yeah. need unique games. So, give it a try on Game Pass. Uh, although this next one I would that also came out this week also into Game Pass. It's not exclusive, but it's the only Xbox is the only place you can just get it on Game Pass. Uh, on on PlayStation, you've got to pay for it and. It does seem like a game worth paying, but you don't have to if you have a Game Pass subscription. And that is A Plague Tale Requiem, uh, which I got into the early bit on. I know, uh, Stella, you mentioned before the show you hadn't had a chance to dive into that just yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just hit yesterday. Um, And then Miranda, remind me? I have not. not, yet. Okay, so I'll talk for just a minute on Plague Tale. I did the first introductory chapter, and the first thing that jumped out at me with this game is we're looking at some footage of it here if you're watching us on video it is pretty, like this is a next gen only video game, and it 's pretty obvious that it that it is I mean the characters look great, but really the the sort of medieval European uh architecture and scenery it just it is a stunning looking game, uh, and it 's a stealth game, which makes me very happy because I love stealth games, and I really like the the brother sister the big big sister little brother interaction that 's in the that's at least set up in the early part of the game. So uh, this playing about the first hour of it last night was enough to absolutely make me want to continue. So we gave this an eight, called it great on IGN. Uh, You can check out the review on IGN.com or on our YouTube channel. You can watch the video review. And again, that's on Game Pass right now. So no excuse. I think it was... Uh, You know what? I don't remember how big it was. Maybe 40 gigs, maybe 60 at the most. It wasn't... I remember when I looked, it wasn't like some jarringly enormous install size. So download it. If you've got Game Pass, give it a go. And hopefully you're going to like it just as as I'm liking it in the early going. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts... Nord VPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is.
1: And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
0: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. One other quick one I want to mention. I promise we'll, we'll talk about some news, but hey, we're, we're going to spend time talking about excellent new Xbox games that are actually out. This is what we we talk all year waiting for these and here yeah. they are. So, we get hype for them all year and now's the time to play them. And finally, uh I can't talk about this one yet sadly. We're recording on Wednesday the show. I mean, I guess if I really wanted to hold this show until tomorrow morning I could, but we'll just stick to the regular schedule and I'll I'll kindly appeal to you to read my review tomorrow morning Thursday. Uh, which is for new Tales from the Borderlands. So I love the original. I've said before that uh, I'm not a... I just never really got into the Borderlands shooters for whatever reason. It just didn't click with me. Uh, But Telltale's Tales from the Borderlands is... I love it so much. It's actually my favorite Telltale game. Uh, I think it's, it's just top to bottom the best thing that Telltale ever did. And I know I'm not alone in that thinking. A lot of people feel that way about that game. So I was happy to volunteer for the new Tales from the Borderlands review. That will be up on IGN on Thursday morning, which given that this podcast goes up on Wednesday at the end of the day, Pacific time, I suspect many of you are listening or, to or watching this on Thursday. So just go to IGN now if that's the case and check out my review of that. With that out of the way, let's talk about some stuff happening in the world of Xbox. And yes, Whether you're tired of it or you can't get enough of it, I see that little sideways smirk from Miranda (laughs) indicating her thoughts on the matter. But here we go. The the soap opera that is this Microsoft versus Sony battle over who's who's less uh, of a threat in the industry. That seems to be what this is boiled down to over the Activision Blizzard acquisition that Microsoft is trying to complete. Uh, grab your popcorn. This, this just <laughs> continues to get crazy. I'm, I'm gonna go to Stella first after I, I set this up for you because, and there's a lot of setup. So, uh, yeah. Xbox has developed a novel tactic for defending its Activision Blizzard acquisition proposal, which continues to wind its way through various regulatory bodies around the world. That tactic Self-deprecation. In response to claims by concerns raised by the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA, Microsoft released a lengthy statement to GamesIndustry.biz calling the criticism, quote, unsupported and pointing to PlayStation's leading place in the market as a reason why. Here's a quote from their statement. The suggestion that the incumbent market leader with clear and enduring market power could be foreclosed by the third largest provider as a result of losing access to one title, meaning Call of Duty, is not credible, Microsoft said. While Microsoft didn't share figures, the company says that if every Call of Duty player on PlayStation consoles switched to Xbox, quote, the PlayStation gamer base remaining would be significantly larger than Xbox. In short, is Sony not vulnerable to a hypothetical foreclosure strategy? uh, Or Sony is not, pardon me, I read that very wrong. Sony is not vulnerable to a hypothetical foreclosure strategy and the referral decision, meaning uh, this regulatory body, a thing incorrectly relies on self-serving statements by Sony saucy, which significantly <laughs> exaggerate the importance of call of duty to it and neglect to account for Sony's clear ability to competitively respond. And the statement continues <laughs> while Sony may not welcome this increased, uh, whoops, may not welcome increased competition. It has the ability to adapt and compete Gamers will ultimately benefit from this increased competition and choice. Now, uh, the gamesindustry.biz piece, uh, as source that IGN continues, As far as the CMA's concerns about the streaming market, Microsoft says it has, quote, no advantage, and says Xbox feels it has, quote, a number of significant disadvantages in comparison to other competitors because of the relatively limited platform support for Xbox Cloud Gaming. The company also says that adoption of video game streaming is relatively low, I would certainly believe that at this point in time, and that undermining the market in any way would only have long-term damaging effects to its own products, quote, Xbox as a platform, which is in last place in console, seventh place in PC, and nowhere in mobile game distribution globally, has no incentive to do this. Instead, its incentive is to encourage the widespread adoption of cloud gaming technologies by as many providers as possible to encourage the major shift in consumer behavior required for cloud gaming to succeed. (sighs) Those were just the excerpts of it. That wasn't even the whole thing. That's so
1: much. There's a lot to chew
0: on. So Stella, (laughs) what I guess your immediate reactions? What jumped out at you at that? Uh, There's a lot (laughs) to be to kind of laugh at, not laugh at, but laugh about. uh, Yeah, laugh with. I guess competition that you know this supposedly fierce competition between Sony and Microsoft.
1: Okay, first of all, it's still stupid. But um, also, I I agree that they are definitely, Sony's exaggerating the importance of Call of Duty. It's one game. Like, man, if we're going to bring this to, like, a console division, like, it's one game. It's fine. Like, PlayStation will be fine if they don't have Call of Duty. Yes, it will suck for the player base because there are so many players who do play on uh, PS5 and PS4. But I think they'll be fine as as a company and as a platform, they'll be perfectly fine. They have so many other games coming out, like um, God of War Ragnarok, like other games like that. I mean, they have the whole Uncharted series, which is just now hitting PC. So there are lots of exclusives that they still have. Now, in terms of FPSs, yeah, they could probably expand a little bit and experiment, but this is like a prime time for them to do that because they have so many good story-based games that are exclusive to PlayStation that I think they could branch out a little bit if they wanted to, but even if they don't, they'll still be fine. So it's seeing that, I'm just like, yeah, no, of course, that makes sense. It is very exaggerated. Like, they're not going to suffer because one title's gone.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Sony uh, is—they own a couple of—they have a couple of first-party, first-person shooter IPs that they— they don't even make, uh, probably because they're happy with the Call of Duty arrangement. And yeah. those would be Resistance and kill zone. Like, those have been dormant for years. Those are in Sony's back pocket. Uh, Miranda, there's a lot to chew on here.
2: There is. And one of the things that stuck out for me first was thinking about whether or not in this statement they're considering the PC base. Because they sort of lead with saying, if we got every Call of Duty player, Xbox would still be significantly behind playstation like it would still be behind them and i was like okay are they counting pc and based on this statement i would say no they're looking purely at consoles which makes yeah. sense because that they are trying to play the console field rather than the pc field because that is um different and obviously sony doesn't really have much of a presence there they are again starting to put their things on pc but it's very slow going yeah, and, it seems... and, and
0: it's way after the fact too, yeah so far. it's
2: so 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 long after so i think with this it makes sense they're trying to play up genuinely where they are in the market and it was surprising for me to see them say that like even if they got every single call of duty player they'd still be really behind playstation (laughs) and it's it's as sally was saying too like call of duty is not the only popular game out there yes absolutely it's significant yes absolutely playstation has the advantage of having a lot of exclusive deals with call of duty however um honestly it comes down to you know these determining bodies to like look at this and see if that is actually what they care about most about of this whole big companies so are targeting one game and i think that's a really interesting thing obviously there are a lot of other arguments coming into play here but this is the one that is most notable it's it is always going to come down to call of duty and it's like how much does that actually impact both these systems and i think I mean, like, it doesn't really, it's weird to say, it doesn't matter what we think, right? Because ultimately, there's a bigger deciding board here. But I think Microsoft did make a very good play here in trying to be genuine about where they see themselves in the market. And, you know, we've heard before, too, like uh, Phil Spencer was saying, I always think about this quote, too, where they don't see their primary competitors as like PlayStation Nintendo. They're really looking at like Amazon and Google, and they're trying to compete with the cloud. They want to make this this big value proposition for their games beyond just their box, right? And I think we're going to keep saying more and more of this conversation, keep bubbling up as they go to courts with these and keep explaining their position. And um, I did also see a report that due to current standings of agreements with Activision and Sony, I, I don't think Microsoft, oh, let me see where it was.
0: The Game Pass thing?
2: Yeah, so I saw it on Forbes, actually. Uh, we might also have it too, but um, apparently with this, like the Activision deal, it's like they're blocked from putting Call of Duty on Game Pass for a few years anyway, which is, that sucks, but, yeah, (laughs) I mean, that sucks for us. But, um, like, it's really interesting because, like, there are a lot of things still being honored and solved here, and I think this is going to be a long process should this go through anyway. Um, I'm also curious because I don't feel like we have a good timeline on when these things would be decided either. Like, when does this even go through?
0: Well, as far as we know, we just have the original thing Microsoft told us, which is that they expect the deal to, if approved, to go through by June of 2023. Right. So it's getting, I mean, we're into the regulatory consideration phase now, Mm -hmm. but at least if, if, uh, well, the American government, I don't know about the UK government is not known for doing, uh, for, for moving things through regulatory approval in a speedy way they're they're not known for their expediency so who knows how long it's going to take you know miranda you you i think you you were you touched on one thing that i wanted to drill into a little more about the regulatory bodies Mm -hmm. and and how they you know they can gum this up potentially which is why exactly what sony's trying to to make happen and you gotta figure I mean, I guess it's it's maybe it's not it's not fair to assume, but I think let's put it this way. There's probably a reasonable chance, a reasonable probability that the people on these regulatory boards that mm-hmm. ultimately have to sign off on this probably have little to no understanding of the video game industry. And I don't say that insultingly. I don't but just it's just out, it's probably in a lot of cases outside of their purview, where they're they're not Doing what we do, they're not paying attention day in and day out to the to who's doing what in the games industry. They're they're taking for better or for worse because there may be some advantages to this too. Yeah, they're taking a completely fresh look at it of just like okay, there's this industry, a games in, the video game industry with ge- which generates collectively this many bajillion dollars a year, and this person, this company, Sony's in first and Nintendo's in second and Microsoft's in third, but they want to i I wonder if the if the sixty-nine billion dollar thing is it's just such an astronomical number Mm -hmm. that I wonder if that's kind of that alone is is giving pause because the seven and a half billion dollar, only seven and a half billion dollar Bethesda acquisition, nobody none of these regulatory and including Sony, so neither Sony nor any of these regulatory agencies batted an eyelash at the Bethesda. Acquisition when 2K earlier this year, back in Jan- way back in January, which feels like five years ago, when they paid 12 billion dollars for Zynga, nobody batted an eyelash. It's I wonder if 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 it's the number, if it's the the number, or and or to your point, Miranda, if it's Call of Duty, if it's the fact that it's the big game that's in play here.
2: Yes, I feel like if you look at say for instance like the top selling games if they're like assuming that this regulatory body does not have the biggest understanding of games they're looking at analogs for like with movies television and other places to see okay how do video games work comparison um and they see so if you just look up i just pulled up the first website that pulled up for the for us top selling games of 2021 it's statista.com so thank you for this information uh number one and number two are Call of Duty. Number really? one's Call of Duty Vanguard. Number two's Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Wow.
0: So mm-hmm. the previous year's Call of Duty as well. That's, well, I guess that makes sense because they come out in the end of October. So it's, it's always going to sell well into the following mm-hmm. year, which tells you how big the launches for those games are too. The fact that Vanguard still managed to be the biggest game of the year, even though it came out, in late October yeah. <laughs> it came out with two months to go in the year. Yeah, So that, it launches big and then it has a long tail,
2: which is, yes. which is crazy. And then for uh, NPD obviously has its others as well, but basically every list says number one is Vanguard. Number two is call of duty. So if you're looking at that list and saying, all right, number one and two, all of all the video games that come out, That's pretty significant. Right. And so I could see why they're like, oh, this is the thing to play into. This is the thing to talk about, because, yes, Activision Blizzard is more than just Call of Duty. But ultimately, Call of Duty is what matters most there, arguably in this in this court and in this case. So
0: Stella, your thoughts on this.
1: Uh, I honestly, I'm still trying to process the fact that Vanguard did so well, even though that was not like the most well-received game when it came out, you know? So I guess that does speak volumes as to Call of Duty's reach, right? It it, it does say a lot about um, the game and, uh, well, their company, honestly, really. So yeah, I get it. I get that why they're playing to this specific title and, um, you know, everything else that follows with it. But I... <sighs> Honestly, I don't think we're gonna see this series go to a specific platform. I think that would just be a poor decision. There's just been so many many players across the platforms that it doesn't really make sense for them to do that anyways. And that would also make Microsoft kind of look like the bad guy. So I, I genuinely don't think that's gonna happen. I think they are playing this up a bit more. And I feel like once we do see negotiations come back up, we're not gonna see much of a discussion of like, hey, We're going to steal this title. I I genuinely don't think that would be a smart move for the community and for the companies. So, Um,
0: I I just, I'm still cracking up when I, every time I read this, which has (laughs) been a few times at this point, how you've got Sony trying to play the victim. The market leader is saying, we'll be crushed. We'll be crushed if this deal goes through and and our competitor is this big bad horrible monolith that they must be stopped and then on the other side you've got Microsoft saying we're in last place our competitor is amazing they're number 1 so it's it's just like it's a if if you're one of these uh, maniac fanboy zealots on the internet that's who and your whole your whole uh personality is tied to defending these companies you're probably your head's exploding <laughs> this week because you don't know what you're like wait what they're what do you mean they're saying that the other guy is better because they're both saying the other guy is better the in their own way
2: yeah. yeah it's just, <laughs> just like Ooh.
0: it's it's comical to me how they're yeah. arguing for uh, each other's superiority in 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 front of a regulatory body
1: now uh, kiss <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, um, but yeah, it's it, it's to me it's asinine that that Sony's case is even being taken seriously in this. And I know mm. we're on an Xbox show, and I'm saying that, but it's just like again, seven and a half billion. But like Bethesda, I, I mean, Bethesda co- puts puts out more games than Activision does. None of them are as big, or actually, one of them is as big of call as Call of Duty. But it only comes out every, like every Haley's every time Haley's comet passes through the sun. But you system. can
2: also get it on your fridge. So,
0: good point. That's true. It's on every device. Yeah. <laughs> Except PlayStation. No, I mean, who knows on that at this point? But, um, yeah, I mean, Bethesda's game output is higher than Activision Blizzard's, um, even if the 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 dollars don't add up, and it, it's just. It's one publisher. It even if it's even if it is the biggest game, not well the biggest annual game because the biggest game really is, of course, Grand Theft Auto, but uh, or you could actually also say Minecraft. That's a which Microsoft has and and puts out on Sony Sony platforms. But uh, if nothing else, I think to to sort of seriously button this up. To me, I want to get both of your reactions to this as well. What I take away from this is that Sony is really, really threatened by the prospect of this acquisition, and I say that because uh, th- they've simply because they've as i said they 've never contested any of microsoft's other ac- acquisitions it'd be one thing if they took a complete um, uh what's the there's a term for this that i 'm blanking out on just uh, trying to block everything Mm -hmm. a uh, Mm -hmm. obstructionist that's it if they took a complete obstructionist strategy to anything microsoft tried to do like just just to try and make it as difficult on them as possible even if they didn't necessarily win like oh you want to acquire playground games well we're gonna file any kind of legal thing we can oh you you want to acquire double fine well well yeah we used to be in we used to do exclusive business with them we're gonna do anything we can to try and gum up the works for you on that. But no, Sony's never never batted an eyelash at any other acquisition except for this one. So that tells me that that Sony's pretty threatened by this from a f- from a financial perspective. Like they they do they must believe that this will harm their bottom line at the end of the day. Like they they clearly think and specific to Call of Duty, because notice they haven't in all of these uh is, these these points they're raising with the regulatory bodies they're not once mentioning Diablo they're not once mentioning Overwatch it's only call of duty is the only thing they keep bringing up so um stella do you agree with with my thought on that or do you have a different thought on on sony being threatened by this
1: i mean I I agree with you, but I think this is just Sony realizing like, oh, shoot, we've been kind of behind on catching up with the modern world of what we can be doing. And I think they're just realizing like, oh, this is a big acquisition. Again, like, of course, acquisitions have been happening um, all throughout the past year. And I think Sony's just like, wait, we could have been doing more with what we have. Well, until we play catch up, let's let's try and like, you know, throw some fire on and then and then try to figure out what we're going to do next, because I don't know. I I think Sony is just realizing that they do need to come to terms that the gaming world has changed. Like crossplay is everywhere, and if you don't have it, it only hurts you. So I think they're just like slowly catching up and realizing. So I I really hope this is a wake-up call for them.
0: Uh, Miranda, your thoughts?
1: It's really
2: hard to say because I think it ultimately comes down to the regulatory body's perspective on Call of Duty. Um, In the UK specifically, this is the this is the area we're specifically looking at this week because there are other regulatory bodies looking at this,
0: including one in the United States that this apparently hasn't even found its way to. I was like, hello,
2: (laughs) we we doing anything (laughs) like what do you guys think? Um, And I think that's really what it comes down to. And what we've heard is, of course, Sony's case. And now it's Microsoft's rebuttal of saying that. It's a misplaced concern. It's overblown, you know, that sort of things. And I think it's really hard to guess which way that will go because Call of Duty is so present. It is a global phenomenon, whether you like it or not. Um, and I'm a am I have a hard time saying yes or no, honestly.
0: Bottom line it for me, both of you, do you think just based on what we've heard so far Throughout all this entire soap opera, which, as we just alluded to, is probably nowhere near over because it's we still got to do this all again with the SEC here in the United States. Do you think this acquisition ultimately will be approved? Will it will Activision Blizzard be under Microsoft's control in nine months from now? Stella.
1: I feel like there's a really strong possibility. Yeah.
0: Yes. Miranda.
2: Miranda. Um, I feel like in the UK, it's almost looking like a no, potentially, based on what I've read so far, because it is skewing so heavily about Call of Duty, and I think it's really hard to draw any eyes away from that. I think you can say, well, we're behind. It's like, okay, but Call of Duty is massive. So that's actually where where I think makes most sense to me.
0: I mean, it could happen. I mean, it's... That's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm a yes. I do think at the end of the day... Uh, this is going to go through. W- are there going to be stipulations or conditions attached to it? Maybe. I mean, I don't know if these regulatory b- bodies have the authority to do something like that, to sort of attach um, little... Uh, what's the word I want? Just little... Not incentives for Sony, but just like little things to placate them. I don't know. Um, but it. this is, at worst fascinating i i I, and i guess the the last thing i would say too is um do you think sony was caught off guard by this acquisition because i think i think they were i think a lot of this react i don't think they saw this coming at all i know we can't know right we're just speculating but
2: yeah i would say I'd agree that it seems like they were caught off guard based on their responses. Um, A quick note too, I'm just reading this on Reuters, but um, it says that we're probably going to expect more from the UK regulatory board on their in-depth investigation, and they'll publish their findings in the new year. Okay. So so we will have like an update on their deeper investigation beyond just like they look at Call of Duty and Sony's complaints, and now Microsoft has rebuttal, now they're doing more. Um, But I do... Agree that it sounds like that they were probably caught off guard by this.
0: Stella, do you think? What do you think? Do you think Sony was was ready for this, expecting this, or do you think they got they got caught with their pants down a little bit?
1: I think they got what they got caught with their blue pants down a little bit. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's yeah. I mean, th- their response is very defensive, and again, I feel like this was they're like, oh crap, like there's there's more that could be happening. We could have done more. So I, I feel like that's that's very much what their response was. So yeah, I mean,
0: part of the reason I think they were. Caught off guard is not only for what I just said for just the the sort of the way they've handled this, but also remember we do know that that Microsoft approached Activision after all of the sh- let's just call it legal trouble, uh, particularly in the state of California, started for mm-hmm. for Activision. Uh, so if I'm Sony, I I I, I mean I'm also not a, in business, so maybe maybe I'm completely wrong, but. I would think Sony would would see, oh, there's this massive sexual harassment scandal, this massive workplace toxicity situation going on. Well, you know, that's, that's not, you know, we don't have to worry about our competitor, trying, our primary competitor trying to swoop in and buy them. Who would buy them? Who would buy that in that condition? But Microsoft clearly saw a buy low opportunity, even $69 billion <laughs> is low, but... Um, yeah, I, I, I remain riveted to this. I uh, we we've never seen a story like this in the games industry ever. There have been a lot of act, uh, acquisitions. I mean, I remember the when Activision and Blizzard merged, mm-hmm. that was a huge story, and this is like the next ver- the next level up from that. Is now th- that entire entity, not just being acquired. Like if this had been Tencent or some. Uh, some VC, some venture capital firm, just coming in and saying, "You know what? We've got bajillions of dollars in the bank. We want to get a big foothold in the games industry." But the fact that it's a platform holder that's doing this, I think, is just it just takes it into a completely unprecedented territory uh, for acquisitions. And I'm I'm going to microwave some more popcorn because I am I am enjoying the heck out of this saga <laughs> right now. Next up this week. Uh, some sad news. I mean, we got to report the good with the bad here on this podcast. Microsoft has laid off hundreds of staff members across multiple departments, including Xbox. Sources told Insider that less than a thousand staff were laid off across divisions thought to include Xbox, the forward-looking Microsoft Strategic Missions and Technology Organization, and the Office of the Chief Technology Officer. Studio Alpha, which is Microsoft's serious gaming initiative that focused on war gaming simulations, is also at risk, according to one source, alongside the Mission Expansion Cloud government team. Microsoft's mission engineering team may also be effective uh, affected, pardon me, as its lead, Zach Kramer sent an email to employees announcing that it would be quote, "deprioritizing work already underway." quote, "Like all companies, we evaluate our business priorities on a regular basis and make structural adjustments accordingly," said a Microsoft spokesperson to Insider. That continued. We will continue to invest in our business and hire in key growth areas in the year ahead, end quote. Microsoft had announced back in July that it planned to lay off less than 1% of its workforce, which currently sits at around 180,000 people worldwide, putting approximately 1,800 at risk. It's unconfirmed if this most recent wave of layoffs is related to that July announcement. So uh, as far as us gamers, it does sound like gaming studios, by and large, were not affected by this. But of course, it's still awful news regardless. Uh, You are talking about people's livelihoods, their lives, their families. So our best wishes go out to those impacted. And hopefully nothing like this will happen again for a very long time because Microsoft is a, I mean, I get that you've got to be strategic sometimes, but they're a trillion dollar company that's their stocks only been going up their their revenue everything about microsoft is pointing up yep so hopefully this is uh, an aberration and nothing we'll see again anytime soon uh let's move on to a happier topic and that's prob- it'll probably be the last topic of this show and it is re- in regards to one of microsoft's uncontested acquisitions <laughs> obsidian entertainment Obsidian is not working on a new Fallout game for now, but its CEO, Fergus Urquhart, says, quote, there's not a question about doing one if they were asked to. Speaking to Dual Shockers, Fergus said his studio would unquestionably work on a new Fallout if the opportunity arose, though he doesn't know if Bethesda would ever ask it to. Quote, if we ever got the opportunity to make another Fallout game, we'd make it. There's not even a question of whether or not we would do it. It's just, will the opportunity arise? I hung around at Interplay for probably an extra year because I wanted to work on Fallout more. I love Fallout. End quote. Uh, don't expect anything anytime soon. Wow, this is some old school Fallout we were looking at. This is uh, Oh, this is the anniversary video, I think. But um, anyway, th- it is. It's the 25th anniversary of Fallout, which is why this came up in the first place. So uh, as part of that anniversary, Obsidian more or less confirmed that they're not making as if Fergus's word was not good enough for you. They also took to Twitter on the uh, Obsidian account, tweeting, Happy 25th anniversary to the original Fallout, a franchise whose roots helped form us and a world we truly love. And then they, of course, to their credit and wisely, they included this in their tweet. And before anyone asks, our plates are pretty <laughs> full now, right now, so no, they're not making a Fallout game.
2: Oh, well, you know, they only have The Outer Worlds, Avowed, mm-hmm. and then Continuing Development on Grounded. Yep. What else is yeah. there?
0: There's one more, and it comes out in a month. Pentiment! Pentiment, yes. There we go. Yeah, their plates are busy. are just a wee bit full. And, and obviously Pentamin's a small-scale project that's, that is wrapping up. And unlike Grounded, it seems like Pentamin is not going to be a game that's continually worked on.
2: But what about this? What if they do a small-scale Fallout game I would love I would love some point and click adventures in Fallout universe from Obsidian. I'd love some other sort of like experimental small things. This is the thing, right? Like I get that bigger companies often want these bigger grand experiences, but like Pentiment is the perfect example of like we don't know how long well this game is, how big it is, but just something creative and different with your franchises and properties, like just just do something small and little. That's cool and fun. Like I love that. It's so such a neat way to get to play in this yeah. world that you love, and an opportunity for them to develop something further beyond like the biggest blockbuster event, you know, of the season, but still be something exciting, like a
1: Fallout fall shelter. shelter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was yeah. yeah.
2: Save, <laughs> rate, save, rate. yeah. It's just, I love that. I love that, and I I think it would be such a nice way to creatively stretch your muscles too at a game development studio. Like I imagine and. A quiet secret hope is, is like, I would love to see the coalition get more opportunities like that with gears. Like obviously next Gears is going to be a huge thing, but what, but look at, you know, I'm like, guys, remember Fallen Shelter? That was so much fun. Like we're watching, watching uh, clips of it right now. I remember at E3, we were all like, oh man, we got down on this now. And it was just such a great time. And I really wish we could see a little bit more of that happen with other studios, just because it's, it's such a nice and unique moment to have.
0: What little, while we're just on the subject, what little like mini bite-sized Gears game would you want to see?
2: Ooh, <laughs> that's a good question. I'd have to brainstorm. Mine always goes to like, guys, what if we had like a farming sim with Marcus and? his <laughs> I tomato? was That'd literally so just good. thinking like, like Star slice New of Valley, life with Marcus <laughs> yeah. yeah, so just like we yeah. we have like a young JD running around.
0: My effing tomatoes.
2: Uh, like, oh my god! <laughs> like the family's still together. He's he's you know going through some stuff but you know he he relieves his stress through farming and you kind of just get like cool gears, lore and other analogs. Like I, I think there, you could merge that in a really creative way to still be impactful to the series sure. and carry weight, but also be a sort of different gameplay experience to get to know these characters further. And anyway, that's it could be set
0: question. at the end of Marcus Phoenix's life when he's just an old man, or like that. happily he's trying to <laughs> put the past to bed and, you know, accept the, you know, the, the, Trials and tribulations, and the things he's done in his life, good and bad, and then in the, and then the end of the game could be he dies.
2: So my thing is, can we just get some more time with Anya? <laughs> like, that too. She, she just kind of got. <laughs> but you know, sorry, spoilers. I guess, but it's, it's been two it's been games, already, guys. Yeah, it's been it's a while. It's been two games since that happened. It's fine. Yeah, but uh, yeah, th- let's just think. Right, it's like you can. There's all this blank space you can play with. I'm like, why not play with it in a weird way?
0: Stella, uh, no fallout for now from Obsidian, but they're clearly. Very, very open to it. What do you think the odds are that we do get uh, a serious Fallout game from them down the road?
1: Probably way down the road, but um, I, I feel like probably we'll round back to it, right? Um, we know that Fallout Five is going to happen at some point as well, so After I feel like Elder it's just going to be six. Yeah, it's it's going to be a long, long time, which is okay. I would. <sighs> I'll still wait. Fallout 4 still holds a very special place in my heart. I feel like it still holds up well, especially with all the mods and stuff that you can do now. So it's okay. It's fine. Outer Worlds 2 is also really fun. So I'm really looking forward to that, which kind of itches that Fallout uh, need. I know it's not quite the same. It plays a little bit differently, but it's similar enough that it'll tide me over at least also grounded is really fun and I'm really glad that they are putting a lot of resources into it making sure that they are constantly updating it um, making sure that everything's balanced and fixed which is really nice to see that attention to detail there um, because that grounded is a community game that I could see really growing so makes me happy um and you know it's it's good that they are trying different things so I'm yes. glad that they're doing that as a as a company so yeah I still
0: need to I still need to fire up the this final 1.0 release of Grounded. I
1: it's so good. Know, there's like I, so much story. It's so cool.
0: <laughs> I was uh, I was doing the Return to Monkey Island review.
1: Yeah. And then
0: Now the New Tales from the Borderlands review. So yeah, it's uh, that's fair. I, I've, I've got lot. to find a spot <laughs> for it. And now I'm now I'm like getting into Plague Tale Requiem. It's it's True. the happy fun time of year where there's so the much to play. Choice paralysis. Yeah, too much to play. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I, I will say that to finish this topic off, I do think this the, inevitably it's going to happen. There's going to be a, a major AAA Fallout game from Obsidian because not only, I mean, number one, you've got Microsoft owns them both. So like there are no legal or business hurdles to clear whatsoever. It's, it's, it comes down simply to Todd Howard saying yes to Fergus and the team which he's done before and there's clearly a mutual respect uh, and and presumably friendship there because the, you know New Vegas did great it was a great game so uh but you're right Stella I think it's it would probably be after Fallout 5 way down the road cuz I mean you could you could say well maybe there's a chance that 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 happens um that that happens after Avowed. Maybe the Avowed team, uh, of course, more likely they move on to Avowed 2 if Avowed goes as well as, as you hope it does. And I mean, the Outer Worlds 2 team, You know whether there's going to be a third Outer Worlds game or whether they would move on to something else remains to be seen. But I, I, just, I do think Todd Howard probably would want Fallout 5 to be the next Fallout game. Nothing against what Obsidian would do but I, I suspect that, that that that's the next thing he would want to see happen. So I do think there's a strong possibility, almost, and, and even I would go so far as to to say that it's, it's pretty probable, pretty likely, but it is going to be a while. So mm-hmm. there is more fallout in our future. That's the good news. All right, before we move on to trivia, a quick note. Uh, in fact, actually, Stella, let me throw it to you here. You've already taken advantage of this. The Xbox elite series 2 controller has yeah. hit the design lab <laughs> meaning you can customize your own now uh, do you have I guess you don't I mean you don't have it yet you posted pictures on your Twitter of what you ordered yes I,
1: I did yeah it, originally I was just playing around with it because I was like oh cool they just they just announced like the the, the maker <sighs> and then I actually ended up really liking what I made so I was like I mean, you know, I haven't really invested in a good controller, so I may as well just get it. And then by the time I went to go and add it to cart, it was like, hey, if you're getting the charger port, may as well just get the whole kit and get twenty dollars off and just buy the whole thing. And I was like, Well, all right, since you twisted my arm, so um, yeah, now I am in three to four weeks I'll be the proud owner of one of the customized elite controllers. <laughs>
0: There it oh, yeah, is. Yeah, that's fine.
2: That's Pulled my up build. From
0: Stella's Twitter account. Very nicely done, Red, our super producer. Yeah, it's going.
2: So uh, it is really pretty. It's like it's rose gold. Some, some Austin yeah.
0: Powers gold member action there.
1: Oh, it. Mm-hmm. That's not what I was going to. But you know what? Fine. <laughs> I guess so. But yeah, I, I liked it. I was like, oh, I like the gold accents. I was like, mm, you know what? Oh, Looks God. Good. I guess I'm going to become a controller player now. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome, Stella. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Miranda, you're a big fan of the Design Lab as well.
2: I am. I am not currently in need of a new controller, so and I have some other expenses that take priority than controllers right now. So, controller will wait. I'm also kind of excited to see what they add as far as other customization options in the future. So, sort of just waiting for that. But I already have um, an elite controller that I use a ton. Nice. Actually, I have two. So I was like, I don't, I don't need a third. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You cut yourself off. Yes.
0: You're like, that's that's yeah. got yeah. to draw a line somewhere. Exactly. Uh finally this week Xbox Game Pass couple of notable additions on Thursday uh we pardon me Friday
2: Sorry I added these randomly like at the end That's
0: okay we have Persona <laughs> 5 Royal and Thursday is our Signalis Soma and Amnesia
2: uh, Yeah we uh-uh. got two different amnesia games so there's a lot coming out this week for the spooky season Signalis, i've heard it is pretty cool like it's a very different kind of horror game because i think you get like a top-down perspective Mm. and i I believe if that is the correct one i'm thinking of but i've heard good things about it and of course for me i was really excited about persona Persona yeah and and
0: don't forget about again scorn went up on on game pass last friday and um And of course, Plague Tale Requiem, which we've been talking about today. Yes. That is up there right now as well. Okay, we need a turbo round of unlock block trivia here. (laughs) This is a chance for both of you to make Destin mad by getting a point while he's not on the show this week. (laughs) So this is from Lee DeWald. His gamer tag is Distinct Urchin 7 About 10 years ago, so back in the fall, in fact, October of 2012, so yes, exactly 10 years ago, we were firmly entrenched in the 360 era. Uh, of these October 2012 releases, which of them received the highest score on IGN? So it's, you know, oh, I don't God. expect you to have IGN scores memorized from 10 years ago. But, you know, think <laughs> about it. See which, which one you think that that might have scored the highest on our website. Was it Assassin's Creed 3, Forza Horizon, Resident Evil 6, or XCOM, Enemy Unknown? What do you think, Stella?
1: Which one was B again?
0: Forza Horizon
1: one. Forza Horizon. Okay. Oh, I feel like Forza does really well with us for some reason. Like for some we reason. Gave... <laughs> okay. Maybe I, I just got awesome? into Yeah, I just got into five. <laughs> okay, okay. Like give me, give me It's okay. Oh, we're we're right. playing, we're playing. We're good. Be good. Shoot, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with the Forts Horizon. Okay.
0: Yeah Miranda. XCOM. XCOM, which was also a very welcome game, has since spawned a sequel as Horizon. Forts Horizon spawned many sequels. Uh well, Stella, you are correct. It was (gasps) Forts Horizon with a 9.0. Assassin's Creed 3 got an 8.5. XCOM and i Almost went with
1: Assassin's Creed.
0: (laughs) XCOM got an eight point two, and Resident Evil Six, dang it, that was the easy one to write off. I was like, it's not Resident Evil. If you Mm. know RE, six is not the one (laughs) that you It got a seven point nine from IGN, which uh I uh, couldn't remember uh,
2: how it might have been a little high. I know Damn loved X the last XCOM and X XCOM family alone. And so I was like, okay. How much did he love it, though? And it's either that or Forza. And I was just like, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take a bet. I'm gonna take a bet on next Yeah, XCOM, you let me down again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, Stella's now in the lead for the trivia trophy for the year. Ooh, by the way, close
1: to the end. excellent
0: job, Stella. <laughs> and that'll just make Destin extra upset next week. So now you
1: have to good start. Forza Horizon even more. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm actually doing um, a shoot for it. That's one of the rehearsals later today. So. <laughs> Playing more of it um yeah
0: <laughs> excellent yeah and and every and i can say this you could hook me up to a lie detector test and, it's, and i think if you asked any other forza player they'd say the same thing every horizon game has been better than the one before it i don't know how they do it because they're at the point where it's like we gave it a 10 it got our game of the year i don't know how you do better than that <laughs> but Horizon 2 was actually a huge leap over 1, which has, 1 was really good. 2 was amazing. It was set in the south of France. Uh, the Fort's Horizon 3 was set in Australia. That was incredible. It was better than 2. 4 was set in Great Britain, was better than 3. And now 5, set in Mexico, is better than, better than all of them. So it's just <laughs> incredible what that series and the developer Playground Games has been able to pull off. Thank you, Lee. If anybody else out there has an Xbox trivia question, send it to me. It'll only come to me. These guys won't get to see it, so they can't cheat. The email address is unlocked at IGN.com. Include your question. Include four, four multiple choice answers. Note the correct one in your email. Don't forget your name. And optionally, if you'd like me to read it on the air, your Xbox gamer tag as well. That brings us to the end of Podcast Unlocked, episode 566. I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Again, my Tales from the Borderlands review will be up Thursday, which is probably by the time most of you are hearing uh, this or watching this right now, uh, since the show doesn't go up till later on Wednesday. So please check that out. Miranda.
2: You can find me at Havoc Gross, and that's Havoc with a K on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and basically everywhere else. Um, Someone did ask us to talk about Need for Speed and has asked many times. (sighs) And so this is me talking about Need for for Speed on Podcast (laughs) Unlocked. Need for Speed.
0: When it comes out, I'll play
2: it. (laughs) There you go. I (laughs) I don't know what else to say about it. I'm sorry. It's
0: very strange for uh, a a game in a major franchise like that to just get announced right before it drops. And there's... Yeah, that's- I don't know what that. I don't know if that usually that's a bad sign, but who knows? We'll, we'll see. see. Stella, we'll take see. us home.
1: Um, yeah, sorry, there's something outside, and I don't want to know what's Could going on. Cart but
0: rolling by somewhere. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Resident Evil like stuff. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, I am Parallax Stella everywhere. Um, I am currently playing Overwatch and Apex on stream, um, but I want to look and do more games on the Xbox. So I guess just throw me some suggestions. But yeah, uh, just doing a lot of stuff for IGN that will come out and I can talk about it after NDA's, you know, after Embargo's release. But like, there's a lot right now, so. (laughs) It's that time of year.
2: Yep. Use IGN
1: guides. Yes. Yeah.
0: Do that. Uh, Thank you to our super producer, Red, for making the show happen and uh, being on point with that B-roll, as always here on the video (laughs) version. And with that, we will see you all next week.